Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Harlem Knights. And I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Today, we're going to be talking about the New York Rangers. Got a new head coach, Peter Laviolette. And the New York Yankees, continuing their up and down season, continuing their injury plague season. We'll talk a little bit about the Yanks and how they're doing. So let's go ahead and get started. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about the New York Rangers first. Some big news in Rangers land. The New York Rangers actually have a coach. The coaching search took long enough. That's for sure, Drury. Didn't think it was ever going to get done, but it finally did. And Chris Drury hired Peter Laviolette to be the next Rangers head coach. And I have to say, this is one of the most friggin' boring hires I have ever seen. Now, LaViolette has been on many, many teams, especially in the Metro Division. Most recently, he was the coach of the Washington Capitals last year. He was fired from them. I think he was fired from four or five teams in the Metro Division, honestly, in the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. On the plus side, he has won a Stanley Cup back with Carolina in 2006, um, but he hasn't gone too far with other teams since. He's a very, very boring hire and continues the sort of carousel of coaches that just go from one team to another after they get fired. Certainly Gallant will get hired, I guarantee you, before the season ends when someone isn't going well because Gallant's a pretty decent coach, and I don't know how Peter Laviolette is any better. It was a very, very boring hire. Maybe he'll be able to do something to inspire these players a little more than uh, Gallant was able to, but honestly, I don't think a lot of it had to do with Gallant. Um, let's recap, you know, how we got here to start with, right? So Gerard Gallant and the Rangers parted ways after the Rangers lost to the Devils, right? In the first round of the playoffs this past year. Now Gallant took the fall for that first round loss, but it certainly wasn't just on him for sure. Now Gallant had his share of issues. I, I don't love the way he constantly, constantly juggled the lines too much. It just, in my mind, no one ever really got settled. I don't love how much he didn't really give the kids a chance to play on some of the top lines for any length of time. Um, and he certainly had problems with his defensive structure. The Rangers overall, offense and defensive players, forwards and defensemen, certainly didn't have a great breakout structure and a great overall defensive structure. Igor was left on his own so many times this year. So I'm not saying Galan was perfect. But let's be honest here. Let's look at this with open eyes. As we look back on Gerard Gallant's tenure with the Rangers, it was a very, very good two years overall. Very good. The Rangers played in their first year, right, way over their heads during Gerard Gallant's first season. And they did really well in the playoffs as well, right, being only basically two wins from the Stanley Cup Finals in a year that no one expected them to be anywhere near where they got. And that was basically way, way overperforming, right? So good on the coach, right? Now, the Rangers during the regular season this year did pretty well again. I'd say very well if you look at the season start to finish. They didn't start well. They did finish very well. The Rangers had a really, really good regular season, over 100 points. But again, you know, they were in a very, very, very tough Metro division, and the Rangers lost in the playoffs in the first round to a better team and a higher seeded team in the Devils, right? It was a bad first round series for the Rangers. Let's face it. It's hard to sugarcoat it, but let's also not lose sight of the fact that the Devils seem better than the Rangers, right? Uh, I'm not sure why 
the sky seemed like it was falling, when we lost the devils here, or, you know, what kind of excuses there might be about this. Um, the devils were better than the Rangers this year. They were better in the regular season. You could tell in every game that the Rangers play the Devils. Um, there are certainly issues, as I mentioned before, with Rangers' defensive structure. And, you know, the, there's a lot of, in my mind, over-analysis about this season, about what went wrong, what could have been better. But that's what you do, right? When you have a team that's really good and you lose in the first round, as the Rangers did, there's a lot of analysis and there's more often than not over-analysis. People looking at things that aren't really there or talking about certain things when sometimes Occam's razor applies. What's the simplest reason they lost? The Devils were fucking better than the Rangers this year. They were. Nobody wants to admit it or say it out loud. They just were. They were a better team. They proved it in every game in the regular season, and they beat the Rangers in the playoffs this year. Now, certainly Gallant could have done some things, but we'll see what happens as we as we go forward here. Um, maybe, maybe Laviolette can motivate players better. Maybe he has a better defensive structure than Gallant does. Um, maybe he can inspire the veterans, specifically Panarin and Mika to play a little bit better in the playoffs than they have the last couple of years. Um, the Rangers more than anything in my mind, they might need a little bit of a style change in that the Rangers need more grinders. There's too many friggin' finesse skill players, and this team, frankly, needs more sandpaper. It needs more grit. They need more toughness. And I don't mean that they need people that can fight. I don't want fighters. What I mean is people that can skate, right, and people that can defend, but tough, dogged forward to grind in the battle, win one-on-one battles, play good defense, get under the skin of opponents. I mean, we really could have used a checking line, right? Most other good teams have this Generally, it's a third line, sometimes a fourth, that they call a checking line, where they're just defensive forwards, three of them, that they put on the other team's best line, and they just annoy the shit out of them and try to shut them down. The Rangers don't have anything like that, and they would be better off if they had one. The Rangers are in a very tough salary cap position because of Drury's extensions that he gave out, and they don't have the ability to change his team much, if at all, this year. So... Many of the same people that we saw last year are going to be back. This is going to be a very, very, very similar team throughout most of this year than last, as it was compared to last year. Really, mostly the same. So there's not a lot of opportunity for upgrades because the Rangers have a big, big salary cap problem at this point. Um, so they're not going to be able to get a lot of sort of toughness, sandpaper type, you know, players, good ones anyway, from other teams because there's just no room under the cap to do it. You know, maybe they can make a trade. Maybe there's a few people they can, you know, move. But it doesn't seem like there's much available even that. There's so many guaranteed contracts under the Rangers that the opportunity for trades isn't even there. All that said, we're going to have to see what Lobby Lit does. Sometimes just hearing a new voice does different things. Um, Gallant was certainly a player's coach, for sure. Not a lot of yelling, not a lot of anything. We'll see if Lobby Lit can maybe bring a little bit of grit to the coaching as opposed to what I think is Gallant's just laissez-faire attitude. Let the players play, let them handle their own things in the locker room. They might need to get their ass chewed out a little more than Gallant did. Um, who knows? I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, again, there's not a lot of opportunity to improve the players on this team. Certainly Brendan Othman is going to be playing on the team this year. Um, other than that, I don't know what we're going to have. 
We definitely need, as I mentioned earlier, Panarin and Mika Zibanejad to be big-time playoff players, and we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's go Rangers. That's all I have to say about the Rangers. I'm going to move on and talk about the Yanks. So I don't have too much to say about the Yanks at this point. Um, I'm glad that Aaron Hicks is gone. I could could not care less how well he's doing on any other team. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, in New York media, maybe it's like this in other media areas too, but in New York, we constantly, constantly get stories. For example, on NJ.com and the New York Post about how former players are doing on other teams. And I don't give a friggin' shit. I don't understand why I get article after article about Clint Frazier and Aaron Hicks and Gary Sanchez and Luke Voigt. I couldn't care less. I don't give a fucking shit. If they suck balls, they're cut, they're in the minors, or they're kicking ass. They're not on my team. I don't want to see these constant articles. But, you know, they've been putting it in front of my face how good that Hicks is doing. And yay for him. He's not on our team. I am super happy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the Yanks as we start out with that. I have very, very little to say today about the Yanks, by the way. This is going to be very short. Um, this is being recorded on Tuesday. The Yankees um, beat the Mets. This is recorded on Wednesday. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the Yankees beat the Mets Tuesday, 7-6. to six. It was a pretty gritty comeback win. They were down 5-1. to one. Um, Highlights, lowlights from that game. Severino pitched terribly again. I don't know what the hell is going on with Severino. He's got to get his shit together. He's got to be a really good starting pitcher. You know, if he isn't hurt and he didn't come back too soon, he's getting mad at the Yanks for how long it was taking him to come back. Well, he better not still be hurt because he's pitching like he's still hurt. I don't I don't think he is, but he looks like dog shit out there on the mound. He's getting pounded game after game, and Severino needs to freaking turn it around. So he got pulled. The Yanks were down 5-1. to one. They fought back. A lot of different players contributed to this. DJ hit a two-run homer. Um Volpe got a couple big hits, drove in a few big runs. Uh, Clay Holmes came in and got out of a big jam in the bottom of the eighth and got out of a bases loaded one-out situation, striking out Lindor and and striking out uh, Marte. And that was really, really good to see. A lot of good contributions um, and some lowlights as well. Um, The Yanks continue to have major injury concerns. Now, Aaron Judge, I think since the last time I had a podcast, Aaron Judge is added to the injured list. We still have Harrison Bader on the injured list, in addition to all the other ridiculous assholes, you know, uh, all our pitchers, Montas and Rodon, that we're never going to see who the frig knows if they're ever going to pitch this year. Um, We have Greg Allen, who replaced... My favorite Hicks on the roster, Greg Allen's on the IL now, along with Judge and Bader. So basically the entire starting outfield is on the IL. The major injury issues continue for the Yanks and just go on and on. Um, Gleyber Torres continues to be an unmitigated fucking disaster defensively at second base. Uh, What can I say? I mean, I'm glad Torres is hitting well which is great. He still seems to be hitting pretty well. And when I say well, he's hitting, what, 250, 260. I guess in 2023, that constitutes a good hitter now, which is just fucking ridiculous in itself. But what are you going to say? I mean, that's he's been hitting the ball pretty well. Inevitably, he won't be. Wait till it turns and his average goes down to 236 or something. But for at least he's hitting well now, which is fine. He's still absolutely the worst defensive second baseman in Major League Baseball which sucks. It's hurting us. It hurts every night. 
made another fucking error on Tuesday night against the Mets on an easy double play ball. He's fucking lazy. He's so goddamn lazy. I can't take it. All he has to do, he's more interested in looking cool and looking smooth than actually catching the ball or bending over or running hard. I can't take him. I can't take him. And for Cashman to not realize at certain times this year that Torres has a lot of value in a trade, a lot, right? Other teams will very much want Torres's pop and Torres's bat. Not that we don't need hitting, but he doesn't have a position on this team. He cannot play second base. He hurts us more than he helps when he's playing second base. He's had so many opportunities to be traded at the high point. At some point in the future, he will be so terrible that he'll be forced to release him or let him go, which is what happens with Cashman, always releasing people at their worst spot and never getting any value back. In any case, the second baseman that has no instincts, has the yips, it's lazy, and sucks, will continue to play second base for the Yanks, unfortunately. But at least he's hitting well. What are you going to say? Um, one or two other quick odds and ends, and then I'm out of here. Um, I continue to really like Calhoun. I've said it since the beginning of the season. I really like him as a hitter. I think he has some punch. He can hit the ball the other way. He continues to get around on 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. He, he's able to go the, go the other way on outside pitches. I, I like the kind of hitter that he is. He's a lefty. I think he should be playing as much as we can play him. I very much like Calhoun. It's very good to see Clay Holmes getting better. Um, Kainley's gotten in a few games and hasn't been a disaster yet, but we'll see. He hasn't pitched significant innings yet. Um, Peralta's been mostly good, a little worse lately. Um, Marinaccio's been mostly good, but a little worse lately. Michael King has been mostly really good. He finished the game last night, got the save against the Mets. Um, so the bullpen might be coming around. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So uh, that's your Yankee update. The Yankees finish up a two-game set with the Mets on Wednesday night tonight, and then they have a day off on Thursday, um, and then they play the Red Sox again. So it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting little set of games here. We'll play the Red Sox, and then we'll play the Mets, and then we'll play the Red Sox again. So very cool, very cool. Anyway, um, that's all I have for you today. I'm going to wrap it up here. I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Rate, rate it highly if you can. It really helps me out. And I will be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks, and have a good day.